This is episode 54 of The Popcast. Welcome to The Popcast, a weekly podcast all about pop culture in three regular segments. We're your hosts, Josh and Maureen Goldman. Welcome back, everybody. Maureen is back on the podcast after a week off and then after our short break. Maureen, welcome back. Thanks. It's good to be here. I'm happy to be back recording with you on our bedroom floor. I think probably all of our listeners are pretty excited that you're back as well. You just spent a weekend at the beach. You're really kicking summer into high gear. Yeah, so I was at the bachelorette party for my dear friend Michelle. Hi, Michelle. I know you're a, an avid listener of the Popcast, so thanks for listening. Um, and we had a great girls' weekend. My friend Allison was there, and a bunch of other girlfriends, and it was really nice. It was like a we're in our 30s now bachelorette party. And you we picked did a, a good lot of, weekend to be at the beach, though. Yeah, we did a lot of so laying hot. in the sun, and it was so hot. The maid of honor was a rock star, and she found a house that had a pool in the backyard, and then we were also had a like shuttle to the beach, so we did laying in the sun and going in the water in both locations, and it was really fun. Well, while you were at the bachelorette party, most of America seemed to be at the movie theaters watching The Lion King. It made $185 million this wow. weekend in its opening weekend. I can tell you that I was not one of the people who watched it. A few of the other husbands did go and watch it. Did you get a verdict from from them? Yes, our friend Chris watched it and he said he really liked it. I just he I'm said it still... was a little sad though, and that basically my friend Allison shouldn't see it because it would make her too sad. I just can't get over the fact that that photorealistic animals talk, and according to many of the reviews that I heard, that is part of the problem is that these animals can't emote, and it's weird. Like in the cartoon, a cartoon character can show emotion on their face because it's fake, but when you're trying to make an animal look real. They can't really emote. So I don't know. I'm sure we'll see it at some point. I'm not going to rush to the movie theater, though, and spend money on it. Yeah, I still want to see Aladdin, too, which I'm surprised that Disney released these so close together. I'm curious to see both of them. I don't think it'll be on the big screen, but as soon as they are rentable, I think we'll be having some movie nights at Casa Goldman. Well, speaking of movies, let's jump into the snack bag where we got two big trailer reveals this week. We're going to talk about both of them. I would say, just my personal opinion, one looks really, really bad, and the other one looks pretty good. So the first one, should we talk about the good one first or the bad one first? So I think we might actually have differing oh, opinions no. on this. Oh, no. Are you joking? I'm right. not even joking. So let's talk about the one Josh is thinking is horrible, which is Cats. That, that stars Taylor Swift and Jennifer Hudson and James Corden and Ian McKellen and Idris Elba. And it's directed by Tom Hooper. It's going to come out this coming Christmas. And this is based on the musical Cats with music by Andrew Lloyd Webber. It's a very famous musical. But the movie, oh my gosh, this trailer 
it the the movie looks ridiculous. Okay, so here's what I'm gonna say. Let, let's set it up. If you haven't seen the trailer, let's set up what it looks like. They're like CGI people cats. Yeah. So in on Broadway, it is played by historically like really beautiful dancers and or singers. They are incredibly physically fit, and they basically wear like body suits. And they move their bodies to portray cats. And they have, like, full cat makeup on their faces. Now, let me just preface this by saying, cats is not for all people. But I think when done with incredibly talented professional actors on Broadway, it's magical. I really do. I think it's, like, this incredible theatrical experience. Now, that being said, it should never be done in an amateur production. Community theater should never do cats. Like, this is only meant, in my mind, to be done with, like, the most talented professionals there are. Now, when I heard they were making this movie, I was kind of like, Josh told me Taylor Swift was in it. And I was like, I don't know, man. Like, she can sing. I love Taylor Swift. But she's not a dancer. And this is so, this, on Broadway, it's so much about, like, the physical movement of, like, a human acting like a cat. There's no, like, extra, you know, body parts that they sew on them. I think they all have tails, but it's not like they're puppets or anything like that. It's like they're people. They're just moving their bodies like a cat would. Again, done by dancers, I think it's beautiful. The preview... You're really bearing in the lead here. Let's just talk about what this okay, looks like. The problem like. with the preview... The reason that I still want to see it is because there's so many amazing singers in it, and I'm just really curious now. The problem with the preview is that it looks like half real people, half like Lion King, like CGI animals. And it's bizarre because that's not what it's supposed to be it's supposed to be people in cat costumes it's but not also, supposed to be like people that are half cgi'd but also the cats appear to be living in a world where everything is bigger than them like a, like a cat would see it so think about a real life cat in our world this is how these human looking cats <laughs> look in the trailer it's so bizarre like yeah. everything is like three or four or five times bigger than you would think it is so chairs and tables and doors it's so bizarre, and the CGI looks so bad. It's super trippy. I don't think they needed to be CGI'd. I think they could have just put them in bodysuits and called it a Cats production. I don't know. It's it's weird because it just feels like this is something that should live on the stage. I mean, this goes back to the whole thing of why are they turning all of these things into movies? And, and we know the answer because it's money, but these things work better on the stage. The same thing can be said of The Lion King on Broadway. They, they took a movie that was very popular. They did something different where they had amazing costumes and sets and they added new songs that brought life to the show and it could live on its own on Broadway. Something like Cats, I think, should just live on the stage because you you go to the theater. That's part of how it's written. Right. You go to the theater expecting to suspend your disbelief and then you, you, know, you see people in cat costumes, but you know what you're getting. When you go to a movie, they, they've like made these actors like cats but not really like they have tails but they have human faces and they walk on two feet that's the most bizarre part actually i think on broadway they look more like cats in the face than they do in this movie like they have human faces like they don't even have like whiskers i don't think i don't know it was weird okay so the tagline of the movie on the youtube trailer is (laughs) this christmas you will believe and all i could think is they just didn't finish their sentence this christmas you will believe this was a terrible idea (laughs) so we'll see i'm sure we'll see it it's not something i'm gonna rush to the theaters to see unless of course it miraculously is nominated for an oscar for best picture no way i mean you never know you never know tom hooper and all of those people that's what made me want to see it there's a lot of star power in this. Yeah, but the movie itself looks just so crazy. But Jennifer Hudson singing Memory? I mean, come on. Okay, well, we'll see. Okay, so the other movie trailer was... I thought this looked busted. The sequel 
to Top Gun. The sequel is called Top Gun Maverick. 30 plus years of service. Combat medals, citations. Only man to shoot down three enemy planes in the last 40 years. Yet you can't get a promotion, you won't retire. Despite your best efforts, you refuse to die. You should be at least a two-star admiral by now. Yet here you are. Captain. Why is that? One of life's mysteries, sir. My star is Tom Cruise back in the role that made him really super famous. And I thought this trailer looked pretty good. Miles Teller isn't even in it. Okay, well, this was just a teaser trailer. Miles Teller is going to play a big part in the movie. But this was a teaser trailer that they revealed at Comic Con just a couple days ago. And Honestly, I think what makes this movie look so exciting and what makes me want to see it on a bigger screen is that all the flying, it looks really incredible. I just feel like you know when Tom Cruise is involved that they're doing it right. And apparently he's already done interviews where they said, look, all the flying is real. We had real pilots out there flying these planes. So all of that is going to look spectacular on the big screen. And Tom Cruise, I just think he's he's firing on all cylinders at this point. Like he's still rolling with the Mission Impossible franchise. He's he's doing this. I, I feel like he's he's got another win lined up here. I... And it's got a lot of star power. Don't forget that. All you saw was Tom Cruise in the You saw Tom Cruise. You saw no one else. You heard Ed Harris, famous, very well-respected actor. Miles Teller's in it. Glenn Powell's in it. Look, I want to see it. Jennifer Connelly's in it. I want to see it. I'm just saying. Well, good, because we're going. This to me, then you're going to Cats. I will go to Cats. Meow, 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 meow. Is that really no, part of Cats? No. Okay. I, I mean, will the go tune to, is, but they don't say meow. I will go see Cats in theaters if you go see Top Gun Maverick with me in theaters. Sure. I'm not opposed to seeing Top Gun. I think what this movie is, is like Tom Cruise's ode to himself. Yeah, that's okay. And I'm totally fine with that. And he is. He's working it. But like, you, you guys, watch the trailer. We'll link it in the show notes. Like, you really are just like, okay, Tom, we believe you. You've still got it. Like, everything he does is really high quality, but this is basically like, I'm Tom Cruise, and I'm still Maverick. When the trailer dropped for this movie, I went back and looked at the original Rotten Tomatoes score for the original. It is 54%, which means it's rotten on on there. What? I, I could have sworn. Classic. I could have sworn that it was, you know, well-received by critics, so that it could be a good candidate for Critically Panned, which yeah. we are going to bring back in a couple weeks. So, I don't know. I'm excited for this. I thought the trailer looked really good. It was really slick. You're right. It didn't show a lot other than Tom Cruise. And the flying. And the flying. But that was enough for me. Uh, yes. And and I'm probably their target exactly. audience. Exactly. Everything that Tom Cruise does is going to be really high quality. And that I really appreciate about him. I have a friend who's working um, on the costumes of this movie. And he was saying like how it's required so many different retakes because he wants to get it right. And that I really appreciate about him. And I think this movie will be... Definitely worth watching. All right, our next snack bag topic. This is something I put on on our list today because when we did our Christmas movies ranking last year, this was my favorite Christmas movie of all time, It's a Wonderful Life. And news just dropped recently that Paul McCartney of the Beatles and of Paul McCartney fame is going to write music and lyrics for an It's a Wonderful Life musical. I gotta say, 
I'm not feeling this. I just, you know, it's taken another property, trying to make it in a different way and make more money. I have the utmost faith that he will produce something that is watchable. But does this movie really need to be made into a musical? Uh, it's not like White Christmas that was a already a musical. musical Even and that, then they I made was it- going to say, with White Christmas, I don't want to watch it on stage with randos. I want to watch it with Bing Crosby and Rosemary Clooney and Danny Kaye and the other woman who's an amazing dancer. And I can't remember her name ever. Vera something, maybe? Vera something. Yeah. Anyway. She's so famous. Vera something. I mean, she can tap her toe like nobody's business. All I'm saying is, I want to watch the movie. That's the classic. That's the No one will ever replace Jimmy Stewart. Right. Exactly. That's Clarence. Clarence. <laughs> maybe I could do it. Maybe you could. I could be. But I don't want to see like some. George Bailey. Like young person trying to be their own version of Jimmy Stewart. I just want to watch the movie on my couch in my sweatpants. Well, I think you have to. You have one of two options that's going to happen. You're going to have someone who's going to try to play that role exactly like Jimmy Stewart, or you're going to have someone who tries to do something totally different that you're like, that's not what I want to see. So you're either going to see someone doing an impression, which is not good, or you're going to see someone who's trying to do something totally different and out of the box, and you're going to be like, that's not the It's a Wonderful Life I know and love. So I'm not really feeling this. I mean, look, Paul McCartney aside, I just don't think it needs to be made into a musical. Apparently, Paul McCartney has wanted to do it for a really long time, though. So I find that interesting. I don't know. Maybe he loves the movie as much as I do. All right. Our last snack bag topic this week. Last night, we're recording this on Sunday, July 21st. Last night at Comic-Con in San Diego, Marvel took the stage and announced a bunch of new projects. I think they announced close to 10 new projects in total. And after Spider-Man Far From Home, which Zach and I talked about on the podcast last week, there was no official plan for what was happening next in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And so finally last night, in a big presentation, they announced a bunch of new projects. Maureen has not looked at any of these yet. And so what I thought might be fun would be to tell you what they are on the podcast and then get Maureen's immediate reaction, whether she's in, she's out, or she's interested. Does that sound good? That sounds great. Let's go through these projects. I'm going to tell you the title. I'm going to tell you all the information we know about it. So who's starring in it and then a brief summary. And you can tell me whether or not you're interested in seeing it. I'm sure you'll end up seeing most of these. What? Okay. So I just need to say like yes or no. You say I'm in, I'm out, or I'm interested. Okay. Got it. Okay. So the first one is called The Eternals. This is going to be, okay, based on title alone, she's not feeling it. This is going to be a movie starring Richard Madden. Kumail Nanjiani, Lauren Ridloff, Brian Tyree Henry, Sama Hayek, Leah McHugh, Don Lee, and Angelina Jolie. It's basically a movie set way, way in the past telling you about the origin of how superheroes got their powers in the first place. It's directed by a woman named Chloe Zhao, and it's going to hit theaters on November 6th, 2020. In, out, or interested? Interested. Okay, I, I think you were only interested once I started naming some of the cast. No, I actually was kind of out when you hit Angelina oh. Jolie. I was like, oh, okay. no, I know. But well, you had me at origin story because I really like that. Like, I, I really like that about the X-Men franchise. I really like that about Marvel. I really like, like learning the background of things. I just kind of like it feels factual to me, even though I know it's fiction. Um, so I'm kind of into that. And I'm into a female director. So I think I'm I'm really interested in that one. Okay, the next thing. So I, I should preface this by saying that half of these are TV projects that are going to be on Disney+. Plus. So I know Maureen will not, not allow us to subscribe that. to that. Absolutely not. But, if but, you are a listener and you want to share your login with Josh, please feel free to reach so out to us. So set that aside. <laughs> set that aside because I know that you're not into buying another streaming service. But the next one is a TV show called 
The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's going to star Anthony Mackie, who's the Falcon, and Sebastian Stan as nah. the Winter Soldier. Oh, she's out. She's yeah, already out. I don't out. love those two characters. Okay, that's fair. That's They're, totally that's fair. That's Cap's universe, and he's like retired and old now, so I yeah. don't know. Yeah, this is I'll about... I'll probably end up seeing it, but that's based a on TV what I've seen... It's a TV show. Oh, nah. No, she's out. Pass. She's I'm out. out. Okay, the next one is a new Marvel comic character making their debut. It's going to be called... Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. This is starring Simu Liu in the title role and appearing alongside Liu will be Aquafina, who is in Crazy Rich Asians, and then Tony Leung. And it's going to be directed by Dustin Daniel Creighton. It's going to be in theaters February 12th, 2021. It's going to be obviously the first major Asian character to be featured in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. In, out, interested? Interested. Okay. I like a lot of those actors, so... Yeah, yeah, I think it'll be I think it'll be good. I'm in on that one. I'm 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 probably in on most of these. You're in on all of them, honey. Come on. Okay, the next one is a another TV show. It's called WandaVision. It's going to be about Wanda Maximoff, starring Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, and it's going to be in the spring of 2021. Didn't Paul Bettany's character already? Yeah, he's gone. He's gone. Spoilers. Zero so percent. I'm out. What is this? A flashback? What are we? This is us? No. She's out. She's out. Okay. The next one will be going back to the well with one of their most famous characters. It's going to be an original series called Loki starring Tom Hiddleston. Again, another character who we thought was gone, but then appeared in Avengers Endgame and might be in some multiverse. So this is going to be another TV show in spring of 2021. In, out, or interested? I mean, I won't watch it, but I'm more interested in this one. I like Loki. Next on the list, we have the next Doctor Strange movie, Doctor Strange in in the Multiverse of Madness, starring Benedict Cumberbatch as Stephen Strange. It's going to have the same director as the original Doctor Strange movie. That's going to hit theaters on May 7th, 2021. You're in. Okay, good. The next one we have, I I don't even know why I'm asking you this How long do you think before these dates get pushed? Like, this is pretty ballsy of them to like. Unlikely. Unlikely to get pushed. Really? I, I just feel like they are a machine at this point. And they're just going to produce content till till the cows come home. I mean, they're just they're on a schedule. But that's hard to do. So many things, so many movies get pushed because different obstacles come up. So if they can really hit all of these dates, then they deserve all the money they're making. Okay, the next one. I don't even know why I'm asking you this one because I know what your answer is going to be. It's an animated series called What Out. If. Okay, so that's a TV show. It's going to be on Disney+. Plus. Animated and a TV show? Out. Okay, then there's another. Okay, this one's interesting. I'll be interested to hear what you say about this one. This is another TV show, so set that aside, but it's going to be about Hawkeye. So it's going to be Jeremy Renner's TV show on Disney+. Plus. Are you in? Are you out? I'm interested. I'm medium. I like Hawkeye. I liked when I saw his family in the last one. I'm sure his family will play another role in, in, the, in the TV show. Okay, now we've got to our big three. The next one is going to be Thor 4. It's called Thor Love and Thunder. And this movie is going, <laughs> to, be, is going to star Chris Hemsworth. Duh. He's back. Tessa Thompson, who was Valkyrie, and she was in Thor Ragnarok Loved and her. also in Endgame. And then it's bringing back Natalie Portman. She is going to become the female Thor. So I guess in the comic books, there is a character, female Thor, and Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman was like, can you write me back in? I need a slice of this pie. She wants a slice of that pie, and she's going to make some money. And it's also directed by the same person who directed Thor Ragnarok, Taika Waititi. Which we loved. Which we thought was great. So you're in on this. I'm in. Okay, that's going to come out November 5th, 2021. Okay, now we have the first one coming out in the next phase. It's going to be an origin story, we think, about Black Widow. And it's going to star Scarlett Johansson 
and a couple other people, David Harbour, Florence Pugh, and Rachel Weiss. In, out, interested? Again, with the, I mean, I know we'll see this one, and I like Scarlett Johansson's And again, spoiler alert, she, she yeah, died she's in packed, Endgame. So, like, that's hard for me. They should have made this one first. And then the last one, this is one that they have not announced a date for, but they did announce that it's coming. They are going to do the character Blade. They did movies about this in the past starring Wesley Snipes. This one is going to star Mahershala Ali. He's joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe proper. He was in the first season of one of their Netflix TV shows, but now he's going to be the lead in Blade. Are you in, out, or interested? I don't know the Blade story. I mean, I'm sure I'll end up seeing this one too. But based on star power alone. Interested. Interested. Okay, so we got we got mostly interested. We got a couple in, and we got a couple out. I kind of knew some of the ones you'd be out on. But, but I'm excited for their next phase. You know, Zach and I talked about where they were going to go next in our Spider-Man podcast, and I don't think I would have predicted some of these. I think we knew some of the ones like Black Widow was a pretty badly kept secret that they were doing that, but I'm interested in a lot of these, and I'm sure we'll also get announcements on Black Panther 2 and Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and Captain Marvel 2 in the coming months and years. There's almost too many. They're almost producing too much content too fast for me, but I know that I'm not their target, and there's a lot of comic book aficionados who were like waiting for this and don't forget that they now have the rights to x-men so they'll probably reboot that at some point and they also have the rights to fantastic four and they will probably reboot that at some point maybe down the line but but all that stuff is coming where they're all in it together because that they have not announced that yet but i'm sure that there will be one you know what they hear when you say this is just too much they say this is just too much money coming into our pockets well i was thinking about this how i mean how many movies did they i'm the tv i can't but how many movies did they just they've announced so that's 15 dollars a movie per person i mean they 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 will probably make at least 250 or 300 million dollars on each of those movies just in the united states alone so you're talking about over a billion dollars just in the U.S. on these movies. So they are they are just going to be continuing to we rake need to in start the, working for the them. Cash. Like this is like that is like they know what they're doing. I mean, but, Zach and I talked about but it last here's week. The thing. They know what they're doing, but that's hard to execute. They must have some really good people on their teams that are like making this happen. Well, we should give a shout out to Kevin Feige, who's the producer. He's sort of the mastermind behind all of this. So. You know, they, they have all these movies and these TV shows, and they want them all to connect together. So every time they write a new script or they have a new director, they bring him in above everything else to make sure that it's fitting the vision of where this is all going to go. That's genius. Because there's a lot of other things that this could have happened with, but it wasn't probably executed well. And this is, like, seamless. Yeah, well, if you think about some of the other big superhero franchises, like the DC Comics, the Batman, the Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, that stuff is just not quite as polished as marvel is and they're doing it right so we'll see okay that was a bit of an extended snack bag this week but i thought that was a fun conversation now we're going to move to our premiere topic we're talking about as i teased on the podcast last week we're talking about the 2019 emmy nominations they were released last week the winners will be announced during a live telecast on september 22nd which will feature someone as the host they have not announced anybody yet They might be going the route of the Oscars with no host. Last year, they had Michael Che and Colin Jost from Saturday Night Live. They were met with a mixed reaction, so we might not get a host this year. We'll see. But some highlights from the nominations. The first thing I want to say is that the leading show in terms of nominations was Game of Thrones. It received 32 nominations, the single most nominations for a show in the history of the Emmys, including 
a really astonishing nine acting nominations. And if you're wondering, when you're looking through the list of nominees, why big shows like Big Little Lies, Stranger Things, The Handmaid's Tale are not represented here, it's because they premiered outside of the eligibility window for shows, which ended on May 31st, 2019. So they have a weird year. They go from June of the previous year through May of the current year. So let's talk quickly about some of the major categories and who is represented there, and then we will give our reactions to the nominations. So in Outstanding Drama Series, we have Better Call Saul, Bodyguard, Game of Thrones, Killing Eve, Ozark, Pose, Succession, and This Is Us. I have to say I've seen most of these. I've seen six of the eight nominees here, or at least some of six of the eight nominees. In Outstanding Comedy Series, we have Barry, Fleabag, Russian Doll, Schitt's Creek, The Good Place, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and Veep. And then we have a lot of returning actors and actresses to the major acting categories. So, Maureen, first things first, any surprises for you when you look at the nominees for this year? So the first one was Schitt's Creek, Outstanding Comedy Series. So Josh and I have had this show recommended to us by a couple of people. And I had it recommended to me yet again the other day. I can't remember who said it to me, but... So many people have recommended the show to me. So we recently were like, well, we need a new show to watch because we honestly don't really have one since Game of Thrones ended that we watched together. And we watched the pilot and it was unbearable. I mean, I'm sorry, everyone who likes this show, but we just couldn't get into it. Maybe we need to watch more. You can tell us. Leave us a comment. But we watched the pilot and we were like, this isn't funny. It was just dumb. So I don't know. Maybe we're missing something. Let us know. Tell us what we're missing because we really could try again with this one. But I was surprised about that one. Well, one thing on that that I wanted to say is that someone did – I think the person who told me about this said that when you watch a new show or try to get into something new, they say give it three episodes to see if you like it. So I I could probably commit – sat on the couch a couple of nights and be like, do you want to try it again? Yeah. The the pilot – I think the pilot for me was just something that the characters are unlikable. And I think they're supposed to be like that, but it made it hard to watch the show and didn't make me want to jump back into it immediately. So I can see myself giving it one or two more episodes at some point, but it's not the first thing on my list. Yeah. So anyway, I was surprised about that. And I'm not going to lie. I was surprised that Mandy Moore got an Outstanding Drama Actress nomination for her work in This Is Us. I like that show a lot. I don't think she's the best part of it. I think she's good, but I don't think she's... Great. Now, I know she hasn't been nominated for it before, so I'm really happy for her. I like her, but I just think her acting is a little bit weak as far as that cast goes. What about you, honey? Did you have any surprises? Yeah, with regards to the This Is Us uh, nomination for Mandy Moore, I think a lot of people were expecting Susan Kelechi Watson, who plays Beth Pearson, Randall's wife. I think they thought she might get a nomination for this season. So, yeah, it is a little surprising that Mandy Moore was nominated. She's probably not my favorite female on on that show. So I guess the biggest surprise, the one we kind of have to talk about a little bit, is that Game of Thrones got so many nominations. So I'm surprised and also not surprised at the same time. I think, yes, it's technically a very sharp show. Yes, the acting is good, though I wouldn't say it's outstanding, in my opinion. I think there are certainly shows that have better acting. But the last season, and we talked about this on the podcast a little bit, it was simply a letdown in terms of storytelling. So having it compete for and likely win, we're going to get into our predictions of the major categories in just a minute. You know, it's a it's a little bit of a bummer. I was pleasantly surprised that a show like Fleabag, which is an Amazon show, a British show, 
uh, which has a humble origin in, in that the creator, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, sort of made the show as a one-woman show, and then it got expanded into a first season and then a second season, which is the one represented here. I think that that was great that it got recognized in so many categories. Another pleasant surprise for me was Jodie Comer, who is in Killing Eve. She's represented in the Outstanding Leading Actress category in a drama. I think she's really, really good on the show. Maureen watched part of the first season with me and then tapped out wasn't really for her. But, I mean, she's... Partly because... Is she the one who plays the... She plays Villanelle, who's a villain on the show. She's sort of a sociopathic character. Yeah, she was too realistic for me. It was creepy. (laughs) But the actress is British. She does a really good French accent. She does a couple different accents in, in the second season, which I know is not a reason to give someone an award, but... She just plays the part so well and is clearly not like that in real life. So I think she does a good job. I was happy to see her there. And then a couple other fun surprises. There was a lot of love for Chernobyl, which is a show I talked about on the podcast that I really loved. It's hard to watch, but it was really, really well done. There was a nomination for Anthony Kerrigan, who plays a character called Noho Hank on HBO's Barry. He's a Chechen mob guy, and he's just really goofy. He takes a Uh, Josh loves this guy. He takes a really silly part and and makes it really funny and brings it down to earth. So those were my surprises. Maureen, let's jump into any snubs. I have a couple here. So the first one is that the show Glow, which you and I both really like and have watched both seasons of, it got really no love this year except for a nomination for Betty Gilpin in the Outstanding Supporting Actress category. The other big snub that I've been reading a lot about is that there is a lack of major star power with these nominations, with regards to people who are like true blue movie stars who were on TV shows. So I'm thinking specifically of George Clooney, who is in a Hulu show called Catch-22, which I didn't really read much about. I didn't see it, but he wasn't nominated. And then Julia Roberts, who was you know, predicted by many pundits to get a nomination for the Amazon show Homecoming, also overlooked. Now, what I want to say about this is I know that just being famous is not a reason for someone to get nominated. But I think both of these people did what I read was a pretty good job in their shows. We watched the first episode of Homecoming. Julia Roberts was fine. But these nominating bodies are are known to nominate famous people just so that they can get their ratings up. So I'm, I'm a little surprised that someone like George Clooney and Julia Roberts didn't get nominated. I think one of the snubs that stings the most for me, because I really liked him so much on the show and I like him as an actor is Richard Madden in Bodyguard. Some of you might know Richard Madden from Game of Thrones. He was a character who was on the first couple of seasons of that show. I really like this this, uh, TV show, Bodyguard. It's a six-episode Netflix series. I think it was one of my teasers one week in, in the past. It's really easy to consume, and he's really very good and carries that show. And I was surprised that he didn't get nominated for an Emmy. He won the Golden Globe for Best Actor in a TV show at the Golden Globes this past year, so that was a little surprising. All right, so we're going to make some quick predictions here based on just, you know, limited knowledge of, oh, I haven't read what any of the experts are saying about who's going to win, but we're just going to go through the major categories, drama series, comedy series, outstanding drama actor, drama actress, comedy actor, and comedy actress. We will revisit these when the Emmys happen in September and tell you how we did. So Maureen, first up, outstanding drama series. Who do you have? I mean, a thousand percent Game of Thrones. Yeah, I also have this one as well. You know, the other ones in this category are not big enough hits, I don't think, to win this. Like I said, I think this would be a little bit of a bummer if it won. I get why it would win. It's a big, huge production. And if you're rewarding a show overall, then it, it you could make a case that it deserves it. But 
you know, for me, part of what makes a show or a movie or really anything great is the story. And I think they really fell apart there. I just think that there was so much that they put into this and poured into this. And the fact that they got nine acting nominations and 32 overall nominations, I think it's going to win. Okay. Outstanding comedy series. We have differing opinions here. Again, the nominees were Barry, Fleabag, Russian Doll, Schitt's Creek, The Good Place, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and Veep. I've seen all of these, or at least one episode of all of these, and six of them, I've watched every episode. So Maureen, what is your pick? What do you think? I'm saying Maisel. I think that's probably a good choice. Yeah, I, 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 tell them what you're picking, and then I'll say My it. pick is Veep, and I, I think mainly that would be it's the, the case is because it's the last season. Yeah. And I, I almost it was picked good that too. one. I almost picked that one, but I just feel like Maisel's on a hot run right now. But I think it'll be, I mean, this is Julia Louis-Dreyfus's like swan song here. Like, you know, this was the last season. And, you know, they went out with a bang. So I think, I think Veep will give Maisel a good run for its money. But ultimately I picked Maisel. Okay. Outstanding drama actor. I went with Kit Harrington here, but I would say my dark horse here might be Billy Porter. Like he's gotten a lot of love and critical acclaim for his work in Pose. Not a show I've seen, but I've read a lot about it, and I could see him sneaking up and winning this category. So I had him at first, and I just changed it to Jason Bateman for Ozark, mostly because I haven't seen Billy Porter, and I feel weird picking someone that I haven't seen. Um, we Josh had me watch like the first couple of episodes of Ozark. It's a little too dark for me, but Jason Bateman's good. And it's surprising that he's good. I mean, it's not surprising. He's a good actor, but it's not a comedy. It's more dr- it's, yeah. it's very dramatic. It's very but dark. But he, he puts his, like, Jason Bateman, like, dry humor into this, like, dark role. I don't know. I think he could win. Okay, so moving on to drama actress. Maureen, why don't you give your pick, and then I'll give mine. We also have differing opinions here. I'm saying Amelia Clark, Game of Thrones. She plays Daenerys. And this was an epic season for her. And while I don't like the way that the writing went, I think she had huge ups and downs to play acting-wise. And I think I think she deserves that. I think she did a good job, too. And actually, I think that if Game of Thrones is winning a lot of the smaller awards, that they could just be a Game of Thrones sweep and we could see her and Kit Harington win. I went with Jodie Comer for Killing Eve. Last year, Sandra Oh won this award, and she's nominated again as well, but I just feel like Jodie Comer did a really, really good job in the second season of Killing Eve, and it's a really tough role to play. I think playing a character that you probably have nothing in common with is especially difficult, and she does it very convincingly, so I think that the Television Academy might reward her. Okay, let's move on to comedy actor. I think we, Maureen and I have the same pick here, which is... Bill Hader from Barry. He won last year. Yes. In this category. I have to say that, like, I really like comedies. And the the shows that these men are nominated from, Barry, Black Monday, Blackish, Schitt's Creek, The Good Place, and The Kaminsky Method, I unfortunately don't watch any of them. Barry is the one that I watched the most of. And then it got, again, just a little too, like, dark comedy for me. Um, I really dislike The Good Place. So sorry, Ted Danson. I couldn't pick that one. So I don't know. To me, I was more looking at this and thinking like, man, do I need to like branch out and like watch some new comedies? Or like, what's wrong with me that I don't even like the comedy section here? So I I, I don't know. But I will say that the first season of Barry, Bill Hader's really good. And the, the show is funny. It just took a little bit of like a, a darker turn. Well, it's really interesting you say that about the, the comedy shows. Because this is what I wanted to mention when we talked about the comedy series. If you look at the nominees, you have Barry, Fleabag, Russian Doll, Schitt's Creek, The Good Place, Mrs. Maisel, and Veep. 
I would say that four of the seven are darker comedies. So definitely Barry, Fleabag, Russian Doll, and Veep. And and Veep and is... I tried to watch Fleabag too, because that was recommended to me by several people. And it's funny. And it's well done. But it's, but it's dark. It's a little vulgar, and it's a little dark for me. Like, I just left the show feeling, like, kind of sad for the characters. And that's just not what I want after work. But it's really interesting, because none of those shows are like the ones you might think of as traditional comedies. It's not It's not your Cheers. It's not right. your Friends. It's not your Frasier or Seinfeld. These are like the, the comedy scene, and maybe we should do a whole episode on this, but they've just changed in the vibe. People are looking for something that's more cinematic, more dramatic. So I think it is interesting to look at the, the shows that are nominated and what kind of comedy they are. Okay, so the last category we're going to do here, and Maureen and I also have the same pick here, is outstanding comedy actress. I think this is probably the biggest slam dunk that there is. And we both picked Julia Louis-Dreyfus. This would be, if she wins this, she's won every season for Veep so far, which is six total so far. If she wins this, she'll have won every season of the show. I just can't see her losing. She should win. And if they don't give it to her, it will be a crime because she's fantastic in that show. This is its last season. I mean, she deserves it. I will say shout out to, obviously, Rachel Brosnahan from Maisel. She's won before as well. My shout out goes to Christina Christina Applegate for Dead to Me. Again, that show turned out to be a little dark and sad for me. It's still in the comedy category, but she's good. Christina Applegate is good. So I was glad she got a nomination for this one. All right. So the last thing we want to talk about before we wrap up our Emmy conversation or Emmy nomination conversation. That's a mouthful right there. Emmy nomination conversation. I could be a what do you like, Hamilton? freestyle rapper here. Mm-hmm. No, I could not be. Okay. Anything based on the nominations that you're that you look at and you thought, this is something that I really am interested in checking out. There were two for me. The first one was a Netflix four-part miniseries called When They See Us. This is about the Central Park Five. It was created, co-written, and directed by Ava DuVernay, and it received 16 nominations in total, including eight acting nominations. So this seems like something that will be difficult to watch. It's a it's pretty serious subject matter, but it's only four parts, and I'm definitely going to watch that at some point. I've always been interested in watching the TV show Better Call Saul, which is a Breaking Bad prequel. I'd never gotten around to watching it. It's an AMC show, but the first three seasons of the show are on Netflix. It's been, it was co-created by Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould. I've been wanting to watch this for a while, and when the show got a bunch more nominations this year, including Best Drama Series, I decided it was time. I've since watched the first two episodes on Netflix, and I have begun my journey into the world of the character of Saul Goodman. Maureen, any thing that you want to see now that you've seen the nominations yeah so michelle williams was actually nominated for outstanding lead actress in a limited series for fossey verdon and josh has dvr'd like 10 of these episodes and we've never even watched I, one. all of them are on there yeah so i'm interested in that because i really like michelle williams and we've got them all so and it's all about theater so i think we might like that yeah and it was nominated for best limited series as well so i think that we'll give that one a watch as well Anything else on the Emmy nominations before we wrap up this conversation? No. All right, well, stay tuned. We'll do an Emmy show breakdown after it happens in September. But for now, let's move on to our teasers. Maureen, hit me with yours. My teaser is a throwback, y'all. Throwback. So I had a girls weekend, as we mentioned, and we relived 1996. So I just want to say that everyone should go listen to Celine Dion's 1996 album, Falling Into You. This was one epic CD. I remember having it, and it includes such tracks as It's All Coming Back to Me Now, 
because you loved me and of course the iconic all by myself i mean it's like a summer jam all session all by myself is that it thank you honey for that copyright was that it? music yes oh my gosh i didn't even know if that was the so right song good. yeah don't wanna be so this does not include the titanic song because this was the year before titanic came out in 97 uh i'll have to double check i don't think i don't think it's on this one yeah (laughs) because she would have done that for titanic so wow this really is a throwback this cd was amazing and we literally like screamed it at the top of our lungs all weekend and it will bring joy to your lives check out those three tracks especially all right my teaser this week is stranger things 3 which is the third season of stranger things it's just really good if you've watched any of the seasons i'm sure you've already watched this by now but if you haven't i would recommend stranger things overall the first season is excellent the second season had a lot of the same beats as the first season but the third season takes a whole new journey with all the characters introduces a couple new amazing characters had a really really great and satisfying finale last episode and i just think that it's highly enjoyable it's a lot of fun to watch i think Maureen didn't watch it initially because I told her it was too scary. It does have some things from like the horror genre, but I'd say primarily it's not a scary, scary show. I would definitely recommend it. And if you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix now. Maureen, that is all for this week. Thanks for a great episode. Okay, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Talk to you then. You can leave us feedback, comments, or questions on each episode by going to vernacularpodcast.com slash poppedcast. We would love to hear from you. You can also reach us by emailing thepoppedcast at vernacularpodcast.com. Please also subscribe, rate, and review our show on your podcast app of choice so you don't miss an episode. We'll be back next week, as always, sitting cross-legged on our bedroom floor with a brand new episode. Bye, everybody. Bye. going to be jeremy renner's tv show on disney plus are you in are you out how do i get them to make a character about me so i can make all the money that these characters are making for having freaking a million tv shows and movies made about them